0: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. It is Thursday. I hope you're all well wherever you're watching or listening to this episode of Inside Arsenal, around this wonderful world of ours. We are just two days away now from the weekend, from Saturday, of course, Arsenal aren't in action until Sunday. We've still got to wait another 24 hours until that slightly scary trip to Goodison when you factor in Arsenal's recent results when they've gone up to the blue side of Merseyside, even though... Everton have been rubbish over the last five years. Arsenal still managed to not win in five years at Everton, losing four and drawing the other of their games. Hopefully they can get rid of that hoodoo this time around, go up there and get a little bit of revenge from what happened at Goodison last season in Sean Dyche's first game in charge. So we'll have a big look at that in today's episode. We'll look at the latest team news from both sides ahead of that game. Some of the big decisions facing Mikel Arteta. We've got your questions and comments as well. But I wanted to start today on talking a little bit about Thomas Partey. He is in the news once again in terms of his future, again being linked with a move away from Arsenal. Of course, the transfer window is now shut, so it's not going to be for now. It would be potentially for January. The big news doing the rounds in Italy once again is that Thomas Partey has now moved further up the priority list of Juventus because of what's going on with Paul Pogba at the moment, who of course is potentially facing a big ban after... Uh, failing a doping test over in Italy after Juventus' game against Udinese, I think it was. Um, And the reports are saying because Juve is suddenly facing up to the prospect of not having Paul Pogba, that Thomas Partey, a player they were looking at in the summer, has now moved up to the top of their priority list and that they will be potentially moving for him again. Some of the reports even saying that personal terms already agreed with Thomas Partey. Now, from my point of view and from my understanding of the situation, that is not the case. The Juventus was certainly interested in Thomas Partey this summer. There was definitely interest from Saudi Arabia this summer in Thomas Partey. But as I've reported previously, Partey's priority has and remains been on staying at Arsenal and uh, being part of this team, playing in the Champions League with Arsenal. That's why he signed for the club and came from Atletico, took that decision to come from Atletico, who were a Champions League club. He took that decision to come to Arsenal, who at that time weren't. Um, he wanted to get this team back into the sort of elite of european football and they've done that he's done that he's helped do that and now he wants to be a part of it going forward um so it remains to be seen look if juventus come knocking i cannot envisage and this is opinion now this isn't fact or based on information but i cannot envisage any way if juventus came in and slapped down some decent money for thomas party in january that arsenal could would consider it come the summer that might well be a different situation. Thomas Party will be 31 in June. He'll have a year left on his contract in the summer. You know, as Arsenal were potentially, they weren't trying to, you know, they weren't actively looking to sell Thomas Party this this summer that's just gone. But if a good offer had come in, it would have been something they would have potentially, you know, considered. They definitely would have thought about it. Um and, you know, they were open to it, but weren't actively pushing for it. I think twelve months down the line, next summer. You know, I think that will be exactly the case again, because I haven't heard, not saying there isn't, but I haven't heard there's been any sort of contract talks with Thomas Party. We know he's had these sort of long string of injury issues since he's been at Arsenal. He's injured at the moment, of course. Um, and so at the end of the season, if someone does come in and slap some big money down for Thomas Party, then I'm sure it probably would be something that the club would sit down and discuss. And that's not saying they would accept it, but it's just a business thing, isn't it? It just makes it makes perfect sense because considering his age and considering his contract length and you know his long list of injury records. But you know, January it would be mad. If Arsenal were in contention for major honors in January, come January, which we certainly hope they will be at that point in the season, then you wouldn't it wouldn't be something you would even consider selling a player as good as Thomas Party, as important as Thomas Party, as versatile as Thomas Party. It just wouldn't make any sense whatsoever. So I wouldn't be too worried about these Juventus links. Right now, you know, Thomas Party's focus is very much on Arsenal. It has been very much on Arsenal throughout the summer, and I'm sure that will continue uh, throughout the coming season. Okay, let's talk about Everton now this weekend. Mikel Arteta, pictured in trading yesterday, all smiles ahead of that game at Goodison Park. I'm sure he is very aware of this record that Arsenal have, the Everton hoodoo that Arsenal have. The last two years have been so, so mad when you look at Everton's record sort of up to and beyond their games at home to Arsenal, you know, just losing, 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 bang, Arsenal come around, suddenly they win out of nowhere and then they start losing again straight afterwards. It's been that way for the last two seasons. Arsenal got to find a way of being able to deal with what Everton are going to throw at them at the weekend. It's no secret. We know what's coming. It's going to be a highly physical, Highly intense game. Arsenal have shown that they can cope with these sort of games before, but just recently, at Goodison Park, for whatever reason, it's been a little bit different. Last last season, the midfield was an issue. Um, Everton dominated that midfield. That midfield trio of Guy, Anana, um, especially, who was brilliant on the day, Decore, They ground Arsenal down in that game. And I didn't, you know, they weren't miles better than them by any means, Everton. they ended up snatching it with a set piece with Tarkowski scoring. Um, But the midfield ground Arsenal down. They got control of the game. They didn't let Arsenal play. And Arsenal got to show they can counter that this season and still be able to play their sort of football. So they've got to grow into the game. They've got to not give the Goodison Park crowd anything to really get stuck into as well. Because last season that happened. You could sense it at the start of the game. The Everton fans were nervous by sort of half time and early on in the second half, the Everton fans could since they were very much in the game and had a chance of winning it and the atmosphere just really, really turned and they got behind their team. You know, if Arsenal can get into the game early, sort of kill the crowd a little bit, um And then hopefully they can go on and sort of show their quality. So Mikel's got some big decisions to make, I think, when it comes into going into this game and how he sets his team up. And I think rotation is going to be such an important factor of not just, not for Everton, but for the coming week, well, for the coming month, really, up until the next international break. You know, he's had it fairly easy between since the start of the season to now. It was just one game. Every weekend, you could just focus on that. He didn't really need to rotate. He didn't need to give everyone minutes. I think that's very, very different from this point forward. In the next seven days, from Sunday, Arsenal go Everton Sunday, PSV Wednesday, Tottenham the following Sunday. Three games in seven days, and then that continues with the Champions League, with the Carabao Cup. You know, Mikel said himself the other day, he said, look, September is going to be very different, he said, when he talked about people getting minutes. And, you know, Emil smith Leandro Trossard, um, Reece Nelson... Fabio Vieira, these sort of players, they need to start playing. Arteta's got to show that he can give these players minutes because they need to be able to get to a sort of level where they can come in, feel confident and show that they can really help the team at the moment. You know, Fabio Vieira has been doing that recently, but the other players also need to be able to give them that opportunity because they're going to be so, so important. Last year, Arsenal were out of Europe pretty early. Very early, too early. So they didn't really have to worry about rotating too much. The previous season, they didn't have Europe, so they didn't have to worry about rotating at all. This is very, very different. If Arsenal want to go deep into the Champions League, if they really want to compete with Manchester City, they need a squad and they need, Arteta needs to show he trusts the fringe players because he can't run everyone, he can't run that 11 into the ground. He cannot just play them every single week, pretty much the same 11. He needs to make changes and he needs to keep everyone in the best possible shape. So he's got to show that he trusts players like Smith-Rowe. Um, like Reese Nelson, those sort of players to come in, share the workload, give Saka a rest if he needs, if needs be, give Martinelli a rest if needs be. You know, once Jesus comes back inside, give him a rest, give Declan Rice a rest. So, you know, bring Jorginho in for certain games. You cannot play all the important players week in, week out. Look at what Pep does, look at how well he balances that and rotates his team when needs be. So it's going to be really interesting, I think, how Mikel sort of manages that squad Going forward, I expect at Everton we're going to see pretty much a full-strength side. I'll be surprised if he doesn't. But, you know, players like even Cedric Suarez, for example, who I think we all thought had gone, you know, Mohamed Elneny, you know, they're here. They've stayed. Cedric Suarez has stayed. So if he needs to be used, then use it. I'm not saying throw Cedric Suarez in against Tottenham next weekend or something like that, obviously. But, you know, in the Carabao Cup, if he's there, if you've got an opportunity to arrest one of the main guys, then, you know, you've got to show these players have been paid big money. You've got to be able to use them, I think. And it's going to be really interesting. Mikel's not really had to do that for the last couple of seasons. And I'm really in, intrigued to see how he sort of balances that going forward. Team news-wise against Everton, I mean, Arsenal are in pretty good shape, to be honest. Gabriel obviously was the big sort of injury scare during the international break after that injury thigh problem. He picked up against um, Bolivia in the first game, but he came back, he started, he played the full 90 minutes against Peru. So, Gabriel should be fine. I think he'll be really, really important against Everton as well. So, Gabriel's good. Obviously, there's no Thomas Party at the moment with the injury. He's got no Urian and Timber. But aside from that, Arsenal are in pretty good shape. When you look at the Everton injuries at the moment, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, has been out. Uh, Jack Harrison has been out. I think both of those potentially could be back this weekend. I think certainly Calvert Lewin has been pictured in training this week, so he's obviously getting closer to uh, to play. And whether he goes straight into starting Evan, I doubt because they've got Beto now, who's looked a real handful actually. And you know, someone like Gabriel and Saliba are really going to have to be on their best. I think against Beto, it's going to be his first game at Goodison Park as well. And I think the Everton fans are going to be very excited to see him. And we've seen his caused defenses a fair few problems with him pretty you know tall gangly type of guy just looks difficult to play against so it'll be interesting to see I think Gabriel's gonna be really really important in that um and so I mean Everton they don't look like they're in the world I think Tarkowski got a knock before the international break but he should be okay as well so both teams I don't think any there's any sort of serious injury issues for either team apart from Arsenal of course with the two that we all know about in terms of Thomas Partey and Urian Timber. OK, let's move on to some of your questions and comments now, shall we? Here's one from Stuart. Uh, Stuart says, we should play our best 11 at Goodison, and that includes Saka. We struggled there and against dice physical teams. We can't be changing things too much. We need a win. I agree. I think, and I've there's been a few of you talking about this in the in the comments so far. I think, you know, I talk about rotation, the need for rotation. I think it is really, really important. I think this game is so, so important for Arsenal. A, because of the record, Arsenal have got a good it. It's terrible. They need to show they can go and win there. I don't think you can make too many changes for this one. But B, I think also just momentum-wise, after what happened before the international break, getting the win they did against Manchester United, is so important to back that up this weekend, especially with Tottenham looming large. The following weekend, you know, I think this is a really, really important game for Arsenal. It's a place we know they struggle at. They're going into it on the back of a really good win, even if it was two weeks ago. And you just need to back that up and get the win. So I think you're not going to change too many things here. You've Got to factor in how the players are when they come back from the national teams. We, of course, don't know that. Yet, you know, whether any of them got any niggles, how the Brazilian boys are after that long flight back from South America. They're only going to be coming back today. So obviously that all needs to get assessed and the medical team need to go over those sort of things with the players. But if everyone's okay to play, I would be playing a very, very strong side against Everton. I wouldn't be looking to rotate in this one. I'd be arguably looking to rotate more against PSV in midweek in the Champions League than I would against Everton for this game. Because I think this one and then Tottenham next weekend are so, so important to how Arsenal start to the season is going to be viewed. (laughs) Is uh, one as well. as says, Hello, Charles. Nice show. I had a look at the Germany-France highlights and Kai was playing in the right eight position. He looked very comfortable receiving the ball when he had his, and had his passes well worked out. The through ball was a bit special. In rotation, we should play him there to give our captain a rest. If Saka is nursing an Achilles inflammation injury, rest is the only solution. We have the squad to cope with a fortnight off for Saka. Choose any player from Nelson, ESR, Trossard or Jesus. If it becomes worse, we'll sacrifice our chances of finally winning the European Cup. Yeah, I mean, Saka is going to be interesting. If this injury this Achilles injury is something that is truly having to be managed week in, week out, then that his minutes, his workload is definitely going to have to be managed. Hopefully, it's not that bad. Um, and we know with Saka, he just does tend to play. And Mikel, if there's one player he doesn't really rest, it's Bakaya Saka. That does need to change a little bit last se- uh, this season. As I've said, I think it's going to be really, really crucial. And you've got to pick and choose your moments to rest Bakaya Saka. I don't think Everton away is one of them. I think you play Saka in this game. I, I know he's not been at his very, very best so far this season, but this is going to be a difficult game for Arsenal away from home. And I think you need to get have your best players on the pitch to win this one. And so I'd be playing Saka. I, I know he's going to get kicked. He's definitely going to get targeted. We saw it last season in the Everton game, and I'm sure it's going to be no different this, se- this season. But I'd still be playing Bukayo Saka in this one. And um, I'd be picking and choosing some of the other games to manage his minutes. And I, I agree with you on that. It was interesting watching Kai Havertz in that Germany-France game and the position obviously he's playing more as the left eight for Arsenal. In that Germany game when I was, when I was watching the sort of highlights that I did and the clips of him that uh, that I watched he was very much popping up in that right eight position that's how he set up the goal for Leroy Sane dropping into space in that right eight position turning, driving forward and then playing a lovely through ball through and so potentially that is an option um, when you're looking to rest Odegaard but I still think kind of that's where I see Fabio Vieira's role. I think he's When I look at Vieira, even though he's left-footed, I still think that sort of right right eight role is kind of best for him rather than left eight role. But um, he's certainly not been doing bad in that position when he's come on there either. (laughs) Uh, Here's one from Aaron. He says, uh, hi, Charles. In Arsenal's PL squad, Martinelli isn't marked as homegrown. Shouldn't he be homegrown as he arrived at Arsenal uh, 18 and has been with us for the last four years? He is is marked as homegrown. If you can see this, if you watch it on YouTube, you can see the list of players Uh, in Arsenal's 25-man squad, which was submitted to the Premier League yesterday, and the ones with an asterisk next to their name are homegrown, and Martin is one of them because he's been at the club for more than three years. It doesn't matter where you're from. If you've been at the club and you're under 21, um, then you are marked as homegrown, and that's why he is one, and William Saliba is as well. So uh, that's how they got around him. So, yeah, uh, on that, Aaron, he, he actually is marked as homegrown, so there's nothing really to worry about on that one. And here's one from Guna72, looking ahead to the Everton game. He says, Gabriel must start for us. If there's one player who can give it to Everton physically, it's Gabriel. He's a tough defender to come up against. He can do the bad cop role in defence and he won't ever back down from a physical battle. I agree 100%. Gabriel has to start for me at Goodison Park. I talked about Beto and the way he has looked in his couple of appearances so far for Everton. I was watching the Doncaster game, admittedly against Doncaster, but I was watching that game. Um, and uh, Doncaster won 0 up with about 20 minutes to go and Beto came on and he completely changed it. You know, they didn't have a clue how to deal with him. He was so physical, he was so, you know, he runs, he got such a big stride, he was really hard, he was fast because of that, because of that big stride of his and he just caused them all sorts of problems. It looked like he did for she- against Sheffield United as well in the Premier League last time and this will be his first appearance at Goodison. He's very much going to be up for it. He's already a bit of a sort of fan favourite after those two away performances so the Goodison crowd are going to be really backing him on that game on Sunday, it's a 4 30 pm kickoff as well. It'll be under the lights by the end of the game, and you just know what's coming at Goodison Park. And if there's one defender I want in our Arsenal team to cope with all of those things that I've just mentioned, it's Gabriel. I think he's vitally important in both boxes as well, not just in the Arsenal box when defending the set pieces that are going to come Arsenal's way. It's what how Arsenal came unstuck last season was from a set piece goal. So we know what Everton are going to do, we know their strengths and Gabriel's perfect for that but he can also pop up at the under end cause problems whether he's scoring from a set piece or he's causing problems from a set piece look at declan rice's winner against manchester united before the international break you know that was man united was so focused johnny evans was so focused on gabriel that allowed declan rice to get the space that he got to end up scoring the winning goal um so he's absolutely essential he's coming off the back of two games for brazil you know his confidence will be sky high hopefully that Injury, whatever it was, the thigh problem he picked up in the first game, has he's not had any sort of ill effects from that. and He's come back to London Colney today and he's fully fit. And If he is, then 100% Guna 72. I agree with you. He starts for me. Along white side, William Saliba we will have uh, Ben White at right back. I'd play Zinchenko, but again, given what Everton are going to do, given the threat we know they're going to possess and how they're going to play, it would not surprise me at all if Tommy Asu comes into contention for this game as well but we shall wait and see it maybe that's something I'll discuss in tomorrow's episode that's it from me everyone thank you very much for your time as always really do appreciate it any questions or comments you've got who you want to see start against Everton what sort of team selection should Mikel Arteta go for at Goodison Park let me know as always in the comments below and I'll uh, try and include some of those into tomorrow's discussion have a great day everyone I'll speak to you very soon